Yo, what's up, guys? You're now listening to the Wild Youth Podcast. Awesome. Well, if you don't know me, my name is Jackson Lutz, and I am your guest speaker for tonight during our identity series. Thank you. Thank you. And I am, I am very honored to be here with you guys. Thank you, Pastor Connor, for giving me this amazing opportunity um, just to speak what God has put on my heart to all of the leaders and all the students in this room. I'm so excited. God has been, God put this word on my heart, and it has just been simmering for so long, and I'm so ready to serve it out to you guys. Awesome. So before we get started, I am going to pray for our whole service. So if you bow your heads and pray with me. Dear God, I thank you for this night. I thank you that we can just come together and worship you and learn more about you. God, I just pray that you speak whatever you want to speak into every single heart and mind in this room, whether it's a student, whether it's a leader, God. I pray that you just pour out your blessings and your favor over all of us, God. And I pray that you just help me to speak um, with clarity, God, and uh, pursue the message that you have put on my heart. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Awesome. You guys can head back to your seats. Don't sit down yet, though, because we stand up for the word. And tonight our scripture is going to be found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verses 17 through 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 21. Everybody almost there? We close? Yes? It's chapter 5. It's also going to be on the screen behind me as well. So starting in verse 17, thank you, Mary. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. All right, you guys can take your seats. High five one of your neighbors and say, welcome to the wild youth. Awesome, awesome. So like I said before, my name is Jackson Lutz. I know a lot of you in this room. I know a lot of leaders, a lot of students, because I actually graduated from the wild youth last year. Yep, yep, yep. And it's been awesome being able during this internship to come back and to work with all of you and to lead you guys in a different way than I was able to before and in a new capacity. So I did graduate last year. I went to a Christian school my whole life from kindergarten through 12th grade, which was an amazing experience just being able to grow up in a a church-based, religion-based environment where I can learn and grow with Christ and be able to have those conversations with my teachers, be able to have those conversations with my, my principal. Principal was a huge um, mentor in my life during that time. But if you've ever been to a Christian school, or if you know anything about it, you might have heard about something called a memory verse test. Does anybody know what a memory verse test is? Raise your hands. We got a couple out there. Okay. So a memory verse test, for those of you who don't know, is where the teacher will give you a, a verse or a couple verses or a chapter on a Monday. And you have to memorize that chapter, whatever it is, throughout the week and be able to either write it down on a note card or say it to the teacher on Friday. So we did this all throughout school from kindergarten all the way through my senior year. And it was, 
it was really cool just being able to find little pieces and little nuggets of scripture and be able to have that ingrained in my heart. But I remember one week where I didn't study for that test. There was a week where I had let all my sports and all my other classwork get ahead of what should have been a priority in my life, and I let that take the back seat. So I actually got to that Friday test and the note cards in front of me, and I realized that I had no idea what I was going to put down this note card because I had no idea what the verse was even for that week. So I realized I had two options in front of me. I could A, choose to write down what I thought the memory verse might be and get some partial credit, or I could cheat on the test and turn it in and get an A+. And because I was so focused on my grades, even though I knew it was wrong, I decided to cheat on a memory verse test. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I cheated on that test, and I turned it in. And as soon as I had given it to the teacher, I immediately felt the guilt and shame start to seek over me. And, like, at first it was just a little. I was like, whatever, I just cheated on a test. But over throughout the day, it started to develop that that guilt and that shame, I started to realize that I had not only just cheated on a test. If it was a history test or a science test, it would be a completely different deal, right? No, I'm just kidding. Don't cheat on that either. But I had cheated on a memory verse test. I had cheated on the literal word of God where it says not to lie, where it says not to cheat, and where it says not to be deceitful. And I had done all three of those things in one swift movement. So by the end of the day, I was like sweating bullets. I am so... um, so shameful of what I'd just done. So I went back to the teacher. I was like, hey, teach, I, uh, I cheated on this test. And they, they were pretty disappointed in what I'd done, but they, they forgave me, and they gave me a zero on the test, and we moved on. And although I had already apologized to the teacher, that guilt and that shame that I had, it didn't go away instantly. In fact, I actually hung on to that for a couple years, and that guilt and shame developed into anger. And it wasn't anger about the test. It wasn't anger at the teacher. It wasn't anger at God. But it was anger at myself for what I let myself do. I realized that I was called into ministry. I was called to be able to speak to others about what Christ had done in my life and what he is doing. And I had let something like that turn into bitterness and anger, not knowing if God could even use me at that point. And that guilt and that shame and that anger, that's going to stay with us until we choose to not let it anymore. Which brings me to my first point, which is the past is the past. Another way of saying that is our past failures don't define us. So maybe it's not cheating on a test. Maybe it's lying to your parents, or it's going out on Friday nights, or a number of other things that you could be doing or you have done that's <clears throat> that has a drag on your life that's holding you back, and it makes you feel unworthy of God's grace, and it makes you feel like you don't deserve to be used by God. You don't deserve to fulfill the purpose that he's placed on your life. Well, let's look back at our scripture to see what that says. 2 Corinthians 2, 5, 17 through 19 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. And gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. Not counting their trespasses against them. And entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. So, when we give our life to Christ, we are a new creation. We aren't who we were before. We aren't even who we were yesterday. 
we are forgiven, we are able to move forward in the new creation that he has given us. Romans 10.9 says, if you believe in your heart and if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you will be saved. Not that you might be saved, but that you will be saved. And because of that, Christ has bridged the gap between who we were before and who we are now because we can walk across into the new life that we can live in now. He forgave us of all our sins. He doesn't count our trespasses or our sins against us. That's what trespasses mean. So Hebrews 8.12 is another scripture that I have for you guys. It says, For I will be merciful towards their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. So not only does God choose to forgive our sin, but he actually chooses to forget our sin. When we come to him with a repentant heart, and we ask God to, to take away this shame, this guilt, and help us to move forward in, in, a, in a new way, then we are giving that over to Christ, and he is throwing away. He doesn't even remember what we had done. So because of that, we know that repenting has to be different than for asking for forgiveness, right? Because it says a repentant heart. So a repentant heart is coming to God and saying, God, I know what I did was wrong. and I know I don't deserve your grace. But thank you, Jesus, for who you are. Thank you for coming into my life. And I thank you that you forgive me. Not, and not only you forgive me, you forget that sin. And you help me to take steps to move forward into the new life that you've called me into. It's not just saying, God, I know what I did was wrong, and I, I, whatever, I just, I won't do it again or something. And then the next day, you don't even put up any boundaries. You don't put anything in place to stop you from doing and jumping back into that temptation or that failure. It's, it's embracing the new life that God has given you. And there are going to be natural consequences to your actions no matter what. So for me, I cheated on a test, and I told the teacher, which a lot of people wouldn't do, but I felt like God had convicted me at that point. So I went and did it, and the teacher ended up giving me a zero on the test. The consequence was that I got a zero, and it wasn't because of what the teacher did. It wasn't because of God punishing me, but it was because I had made a decision, and I knew that decision was wrong. So because of that, there had to be a natural consequence. I cheated on the test, and I got a zero. So, for example, this is, this is a biggie, so get, hold on to your seats for this one. But let's say that someone has sex before marriage and somebody gets pregnant out of that situation. Well, that's a consequence of your actions. Because you had sex before marriage, you got pregnant. Now you have two choices. You can raise that kid to honor God, to live a different life than you've lived, and to be able to embrace his future and love God and trust in him. Or you can throw away his life or her life. And you can make that choice for them. But that, that's still not what God calls us to do. He calls us to learn and grow from the consequences in our life. He calls us to embrace them and be able to move forward in a new way, in a new light, and falling away from that temptation. And which, that brings me to my second point, which is the future is now. So what, do we, what are we supposed to do moving forward? I've said boundaries a lot. Boundaries are setting things in place so that you don't set yourself up for failure. Let's say that you are addicted to porn. A very logical boundary that you could put in place is leaving your phone outside the bathroom, is asking your parents to put locks or restrictions on your phone so that, that you can't, even if you wanted to, you can't go back into that temptation. So it's finding things and putting them in place where you're saying, God, I am taking this step right here because I don't want to be where I was before. I want to be the new creation that you've called me to be. Another good thing to do would be to set godly people in your life 
who will keep you accountable. Accountability partners are going to have your best interests at heart and encourage you to walk his path for your life. This could be your parents, it could be your youth leaders, it could be an authoritative figure that, that wants what's best for your life, it could be a godly friend. Although I do warn you, if you do choose a friend to be an accountability partner, make sure that they either weren't doing that with you or that they're not still doing that because it's going to be a temptation for you to go back to how you were in your old life. And you want to live in the new life that God has given you. Last, lastly, I want to leave you at this point. If we look back at the last two verses in chapter 5, it says, Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Some of you might be wondering what an ambassador is. According to Merriam-Webster Dictionary, an ambassador is an authorized representative or messenger. So if we replace the word ambassador with messenger, it says, therefore, we are messengers for Christ, God making his appeal through us. So a messenger would be someone like a mailman, where a mailman gets mail and a mailman gives mail. So if we are Christ's messengers, what is the mail that we are supposed to give to other people? Because we're getting the message from God, what are we supposed to be sharing with others? That message is our testimony. It is something that's personal, and it's something that's powerful. It's something that the world can't tell us didn't happen because they're not God. They, don't, they can't deny what God has done in your life. If you've been healed, you've been healed. There is no explanation from that. If you've been freed from an addiction, you've been freed from an addiction. There is no earthly explanation for that other than God divinely intervening. You need to be able to embrace your testimony, no matter how big or small it might seem to you. It might seem like the worst thing in the world, or it might seem like you've had the easiest life and you don't know what to share. I guarantee you there is at least one person in this world that needs to hear it. I guarantee you that it could be in this room. It could be at home with your family. It could be at school with your friends. It could be a random person at the mall. You have no idea who needs, you have no idea who needs to hear your testimony. And it's our job to share it. We are Christ's ambassadors. We are Christ's messengers. So we need to share the truth and the grace that only God can give. So as we get ready to break into our small groups, I want to leave you with this one question. What is something in your past that you need to let go of? Thanks for tuning in to the Wild Youth Podcast. If you like what you heard, follow us on our socials at the Wild YTH or come in person on Wednesdays from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Stay wild, fam.